0: listening to Casey Ryan on the
1: Cutting Room
0: Floor. Casey, the floor is yours.
1: All right, how you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of the Cutting Room Floor, a little podcast that I started to showcase indie entertainers and creative types from all walks. I like to say if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, uh, then I want to hear from you. Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. You can ask anybody that knows me. I'm on there all the time, at Cutting Room MRB. Or you can hit me up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cutting room MRB. A uh, quick thank you as we do at the top of the show to the Wolf who acts as my announcer. You can listen to him and his dear wife Susan every Sunday night right here on the Mix Radio Network and the Life in the Morgue podcast. Uh, that takes place from 8 o'clock until midnight. Uh also to Michael Cardillo who wrote my little jingle uh, as a nice little layer to the show. And to my new home out in Los Angeles. I've been syndicated through uh Brigade Radio One. That's uh Brigade Radio One and the number one is all spelled out dot org. Uh so this time of year, before I introduce my guests, uh this is something that's become a tradition on the cutting room floors to promote the combat radio uh that's done through uh Brigade Radio One of course. Uh, the combat radio breakfast with Santa uh... so if you're in the los angeles area this is a good networking opportunity in addition to a chance to give back to the community uh... ethan detmeyer and his gang put together this breakfast with santa for for hundreds of kids and their families uh... to give them a hot meal and uh... you know breakfast with santa and some presents and everything like that effectively christmas uh... very proud to promote this every year they have a christmas album that's released in tandem with this Uh, And as a result of this, I'm going to be promoting it fairly heavily, and I've got a little bit of a sounder to play before I, uh, I introduce my first guest for the day, so we're going to do that right now.
2: Hi everyone, it's Ethan from Combat Radio. You know every year we do an annual Christmas event for homeless children and social services where we bus in roughly 400 to 500 children and their families for what is essentially Christmas. It's presents, it's brunch, but most importantly it's a chance to tell these kids they matter. Please help us deliver Christmas to them. Go to gofundme.com/combat-radio- Christmas Dash 7. All spelled out. Why? Because this is the seventh year we will be doing this very heartwarming and endearing event. Please help us help them and get involved any way you can this holiday season. Thank you. Merry
0: Christmas.
1: great event put on by a great group of people and I'm proud to put my name behind it, so if you can uh, give to the, uh, the GoFundMe campaign, please go ahead and do that. If not, please share the link out because you never know where it's going to land. Uh, so my first guests for the day are, uh, I'm, I'm excited to do this, I've got Cy back, uh, Simon Horrocks back on the show. Um, so Simon, just to give you some information on him, is a talented writer and director and innovative, uh, innovator out of the UK. Um, his previous film, Third Contact, was the discussion of the, uh, the interview that, we, uh, that I had with him the last time he was on here. Uh, and he's currently working on one called Body and Soul, which is on the Kickstarter trail right now uh... and he's brought with him for the first time the star of the film, Jeff Dahlgren, uh, who uh, previously had starred in a 1994 French cult hit called uh, Giorgino. Uh, So, Cy is uh, joining the proud ranks of uh, what I like to call the CRF Peter Fender's club. This is the uh, group of people that have uh, been generous enough to donate their time to me more than once and come back on here. So, the cutting room floor is proud to welcome back uh, Cy Horrocks and for the first time, Jeff Dahlgren. Uh, How you doing, guys?
3: Hey, good. Yeah, good. Thanks.
4: Thank you. Doing well. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well despite the snow. We got thanks our first. For... We got our first snowfall uh, up in Canada today. <laughs> so, so the uh, the first question I always have for everybody. Uh, you know, Cy so knows this from having been on here. But uh, I guess Jeff, for for you being on here for the first time, did I get all of your bio information right, or is that close enough? Uh, close enough. Close enough. All right. Is yeah, yeah, to... close enough.
4: Uh, also, I mean, you you mentioned Giorgito and then then also body and soul. But um, uh, I also did Cosmos with Simon. That's how he and I
1: met. Yeah, I was going to actually bring that up as, as part of the discussion. Sure. Yeah. Is, is there is there, is there uh-huh. any, yeah is is there anything else you'd like to, to raise? I, you know, by all means.
4: No, no, no. It's all good. We're all we're all about the body and soul. So, whatever you want to raise, it's good. I'm 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 good. I'm just waiting to hear from you.
1: All right, great. All right, so uh, I guess Simon, my first question is, is for you, being the writer and director behind this. But uh, what's the basic plot line behind Body and Soul?
3: Uh, well, it's a drama thriller, um, and it's set in the London music scene. And uh, basically, it's about a, a band man, a guy who was a he was a successful musician, and he ends up uh, he's now um, managing a band and managing bands as well, artists and um well the lead singer of this band is that he's managing they're kind of close to a deal but the lead singer is pretty um she's having a difficult time with drugs and alcohol and a and a boyfriend who is kind of leading her in this direction uh and so he the father of the singer um sort of puts pressure on um the the manager to to, to use Criminal means to uh, scare off this boyfriend, uh, and, it's, and so yeah, I mean, it's it's basically uh, uh, it's it's not too much of a plot-driven story. It's more of a just a sort of slice of life story, really.
1: So, I mean, it sounds like you've got a r- lot of really interesting characters that are uh, that are in this. So, apart from the one that Jeff plays, because uh, I want to actually raise that in a minute. But uh, you yeah, know, who, who are some of the characters that we're going to be meeting in this? Hi, you there?
3: Sorry, sorry, sorry. You broke up a bit then. What's the question?
1: So you know, who are some of the uh, you know the main players in the uh, in the story that we're going to be? Okay. Um, so you
3: know. yeah, uh, well, there's the the manager basically is the focus of, of most of it. Uh, there's the lead singer, uh, who's sort of a tragic figure. Um, there's the charismatic but um, unhealthy bo- um, boyfriend there's basically a a sort of this punk band, this sort of post-punk girl band, which is um, you know, they're kind of on a verge of of some kind of success, but it's just sort of out of reach, really I mean, this band really represents so many people that I because I was in the music industry for quite a while and so was Jeff actually and still is, and uh, so I, I kind of got to know a lot of people who who had a lot of talent, but just somehow it didn't work out for them and they, they never actually made it to this uh, success. We only, you know, out, from the outside of the industry, you only ever see the, generally we see the successful people, uh, the ones who, who kind of making a hit or uh, getting the, you know, playing arenas or playing, they've got some kind of thing going, but there's thousands of people who have actually got a lot of talent who who never quite get that far. So I wanted to write a story about those sort of focusing on those kind of people uh, because why not? Because that we there's never been really that sort of story. Well, I don't think there's that many stories really uh, in the music business that are focusing on on that on, you know, those kind of people.
1: Well, yeah, and the you know the the, the London music scene. I mean, uh, you know, the, I it's a wonder why people haven't mined that more often, right? I mean, you, you think yeah. you know that that's got to be a really you know colorful place to be as an artist uh, of any kind i would think yeah
3: yeah there's definitely i mean there's definitely still there's still a lot of live music going on in london uh lots of variety and a lot of people you know a lot of people going to these gigs like little tiny gigs you know just like 100 people but very there's a lot of atmosphere there's a lot of character and there's this sort of interesting little kind of secret world in a way that yeah, you know,
4: it arguably, was. arguably, I think it's the the uh, probably one of, if not the greatest music scene on the face of the planet, it has been for for decades now.
1: And uh, a story yeah.
4: like this is is this fantastic to concentrate on the the not uh, the overnight success that people like to call it. You know, when when the bands have been out there for. A decade doing it and then it become an overnight success and then to be able to take a look and see what happens within that 10 years or so and more. And those people that don't reach that next step, excuse me, reach that, reach that next step because of, you know, whatever type of innuendos that were going on in their lives at the time. I think that type of story to be told, um, I, th- I think it's a fantastic idea. I think Simon's on to something here.
1: I, I think he is too. And, and uh, uh, Jeff, I, I didn't realize this about you specifically, <laughs> but uh, it, you also cut your teeth in the music business, uh, from what I understand, from what I was saying, right?
4: Oh, decades. Yeah, I started, in, I started in a punk rock band called Wasted Youth, came out of um, the California hardcore scene, and then from there... Got involved in some pop music. Started working with a woman named Milan Farmer in France, and then uh, from there, as a guitarist, um, started playing all the arenas and doing all of that. So I was very fortunate um, to have the uh, the career that I've had in the music industry. I'm very lucky.
1: So, so you mentioned that you played some arenas. What were some of the uh, the bigger crowds? You know, just in terms of size, that you played for.
4: Oh, you know, a typical arena is a 20,000 crowd. So that's that's like big? 20 on up, yeah, 20 on up to, well, 60 or so, something like that. So, yeah, and that was pretty much a nightly gig for uh, for quite a while.
1: I can't imagine what that must be like standing in front of that many people. <laughs> I, 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 I,
4: I, I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around it. It's uh, It's very humbling. It's a humbling experience.
1: So, so what about the part that you play, Jeff? Let, let's get into that. Uh, I mean, I know I'm going to ask you about your previous work with Cy in a second, but, but uh, well, you know, t- tell us yeah. about it. Well, you know th- th- your role in this. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I think
4: you know uh, my character, uh, Joe, is uh, is a guy that had success in the industry before, so kind of ex-rock star type of person that uh, ends up uh, managing and And making that uh, making that change in the industry. And um, you know he's he's there for the for the goodness of it. He's there for the talent. he's He's there to actually create something and 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 try to make it work. And I think this is something that um, he's seen in the industry for a long time. And uh, oddly enough, it's very interesting. When, <laughs> Simon asked me to read this because I was like, "Hmm, you know, that seems really, really quite familiar to me." And almost like, almost like you had me in mind. It, it's, it's the parallels are, are, um, are striking, and it's something that I can really relate to. And uh, I really look forward to uh, uh, working with Simon and, and bringing this to reality, and uh, you know, creating this. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a story, I think, that people that are within the industry have seen and have talked about for a long time. You just don't really talk about it um, you know, on the, the, in the sizable level right now that, that Simon's wanting to discuss it and show people
0: about.
1: Well, and it's nice that you, you have uh, both a familiarity with uh, the with part from, from your own professional background, but also uh, in working with Simon professionally as a storyteller. Right. That, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of like all Perhaps. the stars lined up basically for you, right?
4: Yeah, it's, it's great, you know, and, and the thing is, is is, um, I'm really fortunate to have met Simon. Simon is uh, we got on very well right from the get go. And that and, and he's such a talent. It, it's uh, and he's, he's, he's a great guy. Uh, so a lot of the times you don't, you, you know, you, you don't get the two together. With Simon he's the full package of just being a, a great person to work with and uh, really intuitive very talented you know a talented writer um, he's got a great eye um, for the for for the image and the the directing is great so I'm I'm really happy with this whole thing um, this is something that I think every artist wants to find is that other person that they can work with and and
1: I'm pretty humbled and
4: extremely pleased that, you know, Simon and I are giving it, um, you know, giving it a second go around.
1: So we're going to take a quick break, guys. I want to bring in a uh, another artist out of the UK, a guy by the name of Chris Islet. I don't know if that name uh, rings a bell with uh, either of you, but he's he, uh, he, yeah. out of the UK and he sent me a, uh, a track that he's trying to get out there called The Christmas Amendment, Which kind of caught my attention, so I'm going to play that for you guys right now, and then we'll be back in a couple of minutes. So if you guys could meet up, I'd appreciate it, and we'll be right back, all right? Okay, okay. That was Chris Eilert, uh, The Christmas Amendment, uh, a yeah, fun little piece that he put together there and uh, you know, sent it to me this week and said, would you mind show, you know, playing this on air? Happy to do it if you're an indie artist, uh, and this goes for you too, Jeff, if you have something that you want me to play on air, uh, I always try to showcase any indie uh, talent on this show that includes music, so if you have something that you want me to, uh, to run for you, I'm happy to do it.
4: Thank you very much. I'll take you up on that.
1: Okay, please do. So, uh, I love having musicians on here. It adds a different layer to the show, and uh, the great thing is when I have musicians on here, you you can run a track like that, and occasionally have them on to talk about it right away, which is kind of fun too. So, uh, now I wanted to to address one topic to to both of you, and um, I mean, there's all kinds of innovations going out there. You you talk about these sort of micro-budget projects with Different camera techniques and, and uh, you guys have got sort of another take on it uh, in that am I getting this right you shot the whole you, you intend to shoot the whole thing with smartphones
3: smartphone uh, yeah um, well I've been working a lot with the uh, mobile motion film festival I helped to found it which is and this festival is for film shot on smartphones and uh, so that's that's in its fourth year now. And so, I was thinking uh, about um, I've been watching a lot of films shot on smartphones, and a lot of them are incredible. Of course, there's the uh, Tangerine, which was out uh, in the last few years, and Biquette was you know did well at Sundance and then got a good release, made a bit bit of a hit, um, partly because it was shot on iPhones. And well, I just. Because I, you know, when I made my first film, I basically didn't really have a crew, just a camcorder, and and uh, and it was quite a free sort of experience, uh, much more time spent actually being creative, and and so I wanted to, I had the desire to kind of go back to doing something like that again, and so I thought using smartphones how can we how can we do that and you know to kind of use the smartphone as a as a plus rather than as an excuse you know like we we can't afford uh, mm-hmm. proper, proper to make a proper film uh it's not that you know we're, we're actually going to do something that is different uh, using smartphones
1: and uh yeah, okay. just in terms yeah. of this jeff i i uh, i mean this I, I would argue that given the plot line that you're covering. and the whole notion of the the underground music scene in, in London and things like that, uh, this seems to me like a perfect marriage in, in terms of technology and the nature of the art. Uh, as, as an actor, would would you agree to that, or I guess what are your takes I, on this?
4: I absolutely agree with that. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't find the technology to be the. Using the smartphone, I don't find that to be anything that's going to hold anybody back, and in fact, I see it as something that's going to be able to propel us forward with what you can do with it. I just, I just recently read that Soderbergh went ahead and shot um, with uh, with a mobile device, and he found it to be, um, I think, the same thing a lot of people do—very freeing. Um, you can do it very quickly. There's a lot of things that you can do with it, and um, you know. And I, I and I guess one of the the coolest things was that he said that when he saw it on the big screen, he, you couldn't tell what it was shot on. That's how that's how good it is. That's so how, that's how, I think okay. I
1: think okay. that that's a that's a tall order, right? To, to, it, to...
4: It's a, it, I I think it's a huge huge tall order, and and you know you want it to look that way I I've seen some of the things that that Simon has shot um, recently and it's it looks fantastic so I I, I think that um, it, it's going to enable us to have a lot more freedom and and um, and be able to really do what it is that we're, we're looking to do especially especially you know very quickly and and that's that's good when we did cosmos it you know it had that 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 vibe to it that it was a little bit quick but nothing like this nothing like this you know and and simon and i have already done this where you know you come in you're the first to arrive you're the last to leave you know you try to lead by example and get in there and get it done and and i think this here is is going to make it really efficient and especially in that it, in that underground scene, I think it's going to be. Um, there's a lot of things that we can grab with using that type of device, as opposed to going in there with a you know camera on the shoulder. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it.
1: So open question to both of you. You're on the I mean, uh, you're on the Kickstarter trail right now. Uh, what are you raising? Yeah. What What are you raising the capital for? What's this going towards sir?
3: Uh, well it's going towards I mean you're making a feature film is a whether you whatever you shoot it on it's a, it is a mammoth task um, it's you know you're, you're trying to create a 90 minute story there's there's hundreds of edits you need tons of footage you need at some point we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hire some locations we can't we can't get them all for free we're gonna have to hire some actors um, there's travel there's food um there's like sound uh we need to hire a sound someone to do the sound uh, because the sound is really important and the sound's going to be quite challenging in this shoot as well because I, I want to try and do um some some scenes kind of live in the actual situation rather than rather than kind of clearing out a location and and then filling it with extras and stuff uh i want to try and do some stuff actually as it's as, as the venue like venue or, or, or an area is being used in reality. Uh, and so that will require some kind of extra sound skills. And then there's like grading and um, editing and um, all the sound stuff that has to be done at the end to make it all polished up. And so there's just like a, a ton of stuff that he's doing. Um, so that's what we need the money for.
1: Okay, and uh, guys, we, we kind of have to tie this up, but I would like to have you back when you're a little bit further down the line here, uh, if you're open to it, of yeah. course, right? Uh, yeah. Jeff, would yeah, you? Yeah. Okay, so uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. Where can people go to learn more about what you're doing? You
4: know, that's a very interesting question you should ask. The first place to go is my Facebook page. Um, that would be where to find uh, most of what's going on with me right now. Um, also, my Twitter account, which is uh, Jeff underscore Dahlgren. And uh, the Facebook account is uh, just Jeff Dahlgren. And uh, there's a couple of us out there, but you'll you'll see my photo. Hopefully, somebody can look at it. No um, one knows me. That could be difficult. But I just, I, I, there's enough body and soul stuff on there. No. and um, the site's coming soon. The .net JeffDalton.net is coming soon. It's down right now, and uh, but we're in the we're in the process of putting it all back together at the moment. So by the next time that I talk to you, um, that'll all be up and going, and and you know we can take it from there. But there's enough information out there now. There's uh, I believe there's a Wikipedia page about me and this and that that can direct you uh,
3: to a couple of places also. So.
1: Okay, great. And uh, Sai, how about yourself?
3: Okay, yeah. For this project, I mean, if you if Facebook is a good place. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you can go, just search for the Mobile Motion Film Festival, uh, which is based in Switzerland. Um, there's also Twitter, uh, which is Momo Mo Film Fest, uh, or you can find me on Twitter. I spend quite a lot of time on Twitter, so. Which is Si R O C K
1: and uh, also you've got the uh, the Kickstarter page too, right? So uh, the yeah, kick-
3: Kickstarter. I mean, best thing is just to um, search for Body and Soul in the film projects, and we you should be able to find us.
1: Okay well so what can I tell you it was a pleasure to have you back uh, you know certainly you're, you''re you've always got something really creative and innovative on on the horizon so I'm, I'm proud to have you on oh, here. It's always right? great
3: to be on always great to be on yeah thanks thanks for having us
1: and uh, Jeff, it was very nice to meet you too by the way so yeah
4: you also thank you thank you again very much for having us
1: on. okay, great. Okay, so that's going to about do it for Casey. us. And uh, I, I've got to dial uh, Brendan in here, uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, Blaine, I should say, but I'll, uh, I'll look forward to speaking with you guys soon. All right?
3: Okay, cheers, Casey. All right.
4: Perfect. Thank you. Have a good one. You, you too. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay,
1: so that's, uh, Cy Horrocks and Jeff Dahlgren, and I'm just going to see if I can get Blaine Anderson in here. So. Let's see if I can get Blaine in here. Hi. Right. Okay, Blaine, is that you? Hello, hello. Hey, how you doing, sir? Hey, Casey, this is Blaine. Oh, good. I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you to hit mute just for one second, and then we'll come back to introduce you. We've got a couple of sounders to get through, and then we'll be right back. All right? Sure, you got it. All right, thanks.
0: On the Mixes. talk Friday,
5: It's the Hollywood Rockin' Wrap-Up with your host, Jason Hadley. Melissa Etheridge managed to avoid jail time for the marijuana on her tour bus at a U.S.-Canadian border checkpoint. Ethridge was smoking marijuana for the cancer she no longer has, and ever since her breakup with actress Tammy Lynn Michaels, Melissa currently just smokes it for herself, a productions in the works that would have Caitlyn Jenner interviewing recently paroled O.J. Simpson. Simpson was found not guilty of double murder back in 1995 despite overwhelming evidence such as a bloody glove found at the scene that supposedly didn't fit. However, since Caitlin's transition, she's more concerned about how the glove tied in with the rest of the outfit. Allegations continue to build against actress Allison Mack, accused of heading a recruitment operation for a sex slave cult. Allison was brought into the sex cult by her Smallville co-star Kristen Krug. No plans yet to rename the show the seemingly more appropriate Slamville. And that's the Hollywood Rockin' Wrap Up. Follow us on Twitter at Rockin' Wrap Up.
0: Have yourself a merry little
2: Christmas Hi everyone, it's Ethan from Combat Radio You know every year we do an annual Christmas event for homeless children and social services Where we bus in roughly 400 to 500 children and their families for what is essentially Christmas It's presents, it's brunch, but most importantly it's a chance to tell these kids they matter Please help us deliver Christmas to them Go to gofundme.com slash combat-radio-christmas-7. All spelled out. Why? Because this is the seventh year we will be doing this very heartwarming and endearing event. Please help us help them and get involved any way you can this holiday season. Thank you. Merry
0: Christmas.
1: And my guest in the second half of the show, uh, before we get started here, we'll give a quick shout out to uh, Jasper Anson, who reached out to me out of the blue, clear sky over the course of the last couple of weeks, and uh, approached me about a project that I really wanted to hear about, because I'm a comic book, not myself. Uh, so again, uh, thanks to Jasper for this. Uh, but my guest in the first, ha- uh, the next half of the show, I should say, is Blaine Anderson. Uh, he hails from B.C., uh, Vancouver specifically, is the first time we're on the show. Uh, an accomplished actor who's also an emerging indie film producer. Uh, His last uh, producing effort, Residue, was uh, named as Most Shocking Horror Feature uh, at the Crypticon Kansas City Horror Film Festival. Uh, He also had roles in uh, such films as Hot Tub Time Machine and Final Destination 5, and he's uh, currently, as of tomorrow, so I've got a bit of a scoop here, uh, is going to be seen on AMC's Visionaries, uh, Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics. Uh, which is a jockey drama series, and uh, he's going to be playing another great Canadian, a guy by the name of Joe Schuster, uh, who, if you're familiar with comics at all, is uh, credited as the co-creator of uh, good old Superman, excuse me very much. Uh, So without further ado, the Cunningham floor proudly welcomes for the first time uh, Blaine Anderson. Blaine, how are you?
5: Casey, thanks for
1: having me. Uh, So again, the first question I always have for everybody when they're on here for the first time, Blaine, is just a bit of an icebreaker. Uh, did I get all of your bio information right, or is that close enough?
5: Yeah, you're you're pretty spot on, my friend.
1: Okay, good, good. I appreciate that. Uh, I do get it wrong, so you know I I always offer people the out. So, uh,
5: so <laughs> well, there's a lot of details, right? Lot, well,
1: it always I always say it sounds a lot cooler when somebody else says it. You know, but <laughs> fair enough. <laughs>
5: well, you, you, well it
1: sounded pretty cool on my end. All so right. yeah. So, secret history of comics. I mean, this is the kind of thing that that I, I was just introduced to, admittedly, over the course of the last two weeks. And uh, I can tell you, I'm I know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow night. But but uh, <laughs> w- what what can you tell us about this as a uh, as a series? I mean, there's there's some pretty heavy firepower in the comics world behind this, right?
5: Oh man. Um, well, I got I gotta say I. Uh, i guess a week and a half ago i was privy to watch uh, one of the first episodes the um the wonder woman episode with a bunch of amc and skybound producers and um what they've put together on a relatively small budget um and such an undertaking as you know the history of comics uh is nothing short of spectacular it's really really well done and myself as a comic book fan um yeah i just can't wait to see the rest of the episodes especially mine because i haven't seen mine yet so
1: you, you haven't even seen yours yet okay. I,
5: I i haven't no i'm hoping to see it at least a few hours before uh the episode actually airs so if you know any questions or things i'll probably have to do a live twitter twitter feed and stuff like that so
1: and uh robert kirkman for the uninitiated i mean this this is a guy behind uh you know the whole walking dead bit right
5: i mean robert kirkman wields such firepower in the nerd world and comic world that it's, you know, you just attach his name and and it's it's a testament to the people that he's put around him to put this project together to have it have his name on the title. Like it's really, really well done, and, and he is such a comic book fan. I mean, you you listen to him on Twitter, and uh, you know he's like, oh, you got to check out this comic that comes out next. Is like, I, I don't know, very many uh, you know stars in the world that you know talk about comics that are popping up in the shop. It's it's pretty awesome.
1: Well, and I I, I like to hear that too. I mean, it's, it's heartening as a as a consumer of pop culture that that every once in a while when a guy has a a Goliath hit like that, that it entitles him to work on some passion projects that he really and truly feels strongly about, right? Absolutely. So, so, yeah. I mean, it, beca- it doesn't become about the art at that point. Beca- it becomes about something that he really enjoys, and, and uh, you know, this project leads that from whatever angle that you look at it, and, and it sounds like you had a lot of fun working on it too, right?
5: Oh, it was, a, it was a blast. It was a, a whirlwind, I'll give you that. It was, came together in a very quick amount of time, and um, we shot it, let me see, I think it was about six days um, for me and Brendan, who plays uh, my co-star Jerry, uh, Jerry Siegel. And um, we were, there wasn't a, like a, literally a moment that we weren't behind the, or in front of the camera. And as an actor in the city who's done many, many projects, unless you're the absolute lead. And even then, uh, the downtime between takes and things usually you know was quite significant, the old adage in the acting industry is hurry up and wait. And that wasn't the case for this. Uh, our director, Rory Karpf, he was, you know, like we were improvising, we were, we were just constantly doing something. And it was so much fun because you don't get to do that that often.
1: Well, you, you two—I mean, you know—you mentioned Brendan Taylor, who's actually going to be on uh, this show as a, as a follow-up in a, a couple of weeks. But uh, first of all, uh, you know, how, you were basically the guys behind this whole thing, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I guess how did you get cast as Schuster?
5: Well, um, the audition. Process is a, a strange and interesting one for anyone that knows it in the business, but for those of you that don't um, You know used you to have your standard uh, casting call so You know someone sends out uh, my headshot and resume and says, you know I think Blaine would be great for one of these roles, but I actually went out for Two or three other roles other than Joe Schuster. I actually went out for Jerry Siegel originally um then i went out for you know a couple of different lawyers and and then when i was hired um they're like yeah you're gonna be joe schuster i was kind of did a double take and i'm like okay great that's awesome um yeah so and then i didn't even know who my my partner would be who i didn't know who my jerry was gonna be and um you know of course i found out literally in the wardrobe uh room going by the way do you guys know who who jerry siegel's gonna be played by <laughs> and luckily enough it was uh, a longtime friend uh brennan taylor
1: okay uh, that was another question of mine uh, had you guys actually worked together before
5: um we've never actually like worked together we've done um readings in the pa- in the past like we there's a, a couple of live events in Vancouver uh, one being the Cold reading series which I'm a producer of and they take original scripts and read them in front of uh, a live audience and uh, I've worked with him many times in that arena but never on set or on stage per se and uh, but I've just I've known him for a really long time and we've always gotten along and and uh, it was so much fun working with him on set. Uh, me me and him joke that uh, Joe and Jerry was the real uh, love story of the uh, AMC Visionaries <laughs> series. And uh, it, it kind of is like they, they both are you know together so much and and they go through so much together over the years. and it's a it's a it's a really heartwarming story as it, as it goes through these two guys' friendships
1: so you yeah, know, this is a good segue into my next question is uh first of all is it an hour long show or is it a two hour long thing I, I,
5: it's uh each episode i believe is an hour
1: an hour eh? okay yeah so what ground uh does the uh without tipping your hand too much but, but what ground mm-hmm. what, what ground do you cover
5: well um the cool part was that i get to play um joe in his 30s uh up until I believe it's sixties or seventies, so we kind of go through this. Uh, uh, yeah, we go through the the I guess it's the th- the thirties to the seventies um, of these guys' lives and their and their um, you know kind of battle for recognition in Superman. So yeah, pretty cool.
1: Uh, we're gonna take a quick uh, break here, Blaine. I'm gonna bring in another uh, artist out of the UK, uh, 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 Marianne Kennedy. Uh, I've been working with uh, Arc Music for a while. Uh, Marianne Kennedy uh, has got an album that's been nominated for uh, four nominations for the the Scotch Trad Music Awards, uh, and we're gonna play "Shine, Hold or Shine," and then uh, we'll be back to talk with you for uh, a little bit more about uh, you know the premiere and how all that's going. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Casey. All right. Okay, so if you just meet up there, and then we'll be right back. From the album, On Dawn. Uh, that was Mary uh, Ann Kennedy. And uh, Shine, Hot or Shine. She's been nominated for four uh, of, Scott, of the Scotch Trad Music Awards. Uh, do not adjust your podcast feed. Yes, that wasn't Gaelic. And uh, thanks to Angie Lemon and all the gang over at Arc Music, I've developed a whole new appreciation for it. She sends me stuff once in a while. Um, congratulations to Mary Ann Kennedy. I'd love to get her on the show again to talk about this, too, but uh, beautiful piece of music. Um, tapping into my Scottish roots, and I always tell people that I'm half Irish and half Scottish, which means that part of me wants to get drunk, but the other part doesn't want to have to pay for it. Uh, I'm back with Blaine Anderson, I digress uh we were talking about his role um as Joe Schuster on AMC Visionaries uh, Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics. Uh his episode is scheduled to air tomorrow. So uh Blaine you must be, you know, sort of on pins and needles about this at this point.
5: I'm very excited. Um I mean from what the execs at AMC have told me that it's one of their favorite episodes and and they they think I'm really going to enjoy it and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited, very excited. Being a, a comic book fan, a, a Superman Superman fan, I'm, I'm um, yeah, <laughs> pins and needles is right.
1: So, so I, I guess is this the kind of format where they, they kind of splice together interviews with people that are in the business with uh, sort of dramatic shots of you guys acting this out or uh, is it just sort of a straight up hour long story of you guys doing this? Uh, I guess, what's the format?
5: yeah I, I guess it would the the official name would be a docudrama and um our script when we got it was was pretty long and i, I know at the beginning it, the guys at amc and skybound didn't really know what they were going to use out of all the dramatic recreations um they were you know talking about cutting some script stuff and uh, Roy put a ton of time into writing it and, and uh, there was, it was really good. It was really good script. I, you often don't, you know, audition for, for great things like that. And, and um, we put all our efforts into, into making something truthful and, and uh, exciting. And, and I, I, I think they're going to, you know, it's hard to say cause I haven't seen it, but the recreations will be scripted and, 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 um, They'll have, you know, everyone from Kevin Smith to Robert Kirkman, uh, you know, doing their little bits on on info that they know about Superman. And so it'll be a kind of a combination, a little bit of everything.
1: So uh, I'll ask you a more general question. I, I guess, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the whole, you know, universe of superheroes that there is out there. And, and you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's like counting the stars in the sky at this point. There's so many of them. but uh, <laughs> It's w- true. W- w- what is it about superman that that because he was one of the first ones that became popular on a mass scale right Mm -hmm. so what is it about that character that you think is so enduring why has it lasted as long and has been as um, as popular as it is for for so long you know i've
5: over the last few weeks i've i've asked myself that a, a bunch of times i even asked my kids yesterday i was like you know what what's so cool about superman and they only have a, f- a few years of superman experience under their belt and and uh they're like well he can fly he can free stuff with his breath he's got laser eyes he can run really fast he can see through stuff and they're like he can kind of do everything <laughs> and and i was like yeah yeah that that's really true and I, my kids haven't seen the the original 1978 superman and uh, I, I'm going to show that to them really soon. And I think being Superman, being an alien coming to planet Earth and seeing us humans kind of muck our planet up and make stupid decisions, and then him still fall in love with us to want to protect us, and his fight for justice, I think is I think is that. That that's what resonates for me as as a as a timeless character that he has so much depth in his passion and and his fight,
1: and uh, you know one would argue too that it, it uh, I mean he does have his vulnerabilities too right the,
5: the... oh sure yeah absolutely well for, yeah absolutely I mean I think of um, apart from the obvious of the green kryptonite but uh, you know Clark Kent and and. Uh, his alter ego and you know having to try and keep that uh, that secret and safe and as well as saving us <laughs> as the humans were kind of his weakness uh, which is which is interesting
1: okay so one Canadian to another how cool was it to see Trudeau going to the House of Commons with that shirt on underneath his uh, did, did he- <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought it, that. I, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm I'm not a political guy by nature. I vote for whoever I think is the best guy for the job at the time. And I gotta admit, I laughed at that. I I thought that that was uh, you know a humanizing view of a of a world leader. I I applauded that.
5: It it was pretty cool. I mean, he he, he tends to do and Trudeau. I mean, he tends to kind of pick those sweet spots that you know that the people will like him for him. and and that's definitely one you know he's a good looking guy uh, one could argue he you know he, he could have played a version of superman had he uh, gone into acting why not uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know it kind of, it fit and it, and it was pretty cool
1: so so uh, you mentioned that that uh, you're a comic I, I gather that you're you're a comics fan yourself aren't
5: you i am i okay. am
1: so who are some of your favorites that uh you know that, that you've caught yourself reading over the years
5: Gosh, well, over the years has definitely changed as my sensibilities changed uh, as a as an adult. But um, I, everything from Thor, uh, Hulk, X Men, um, you know, Batman. As I got a bit older, kind of went a little darker in my teens and twenties. You know, seeing the Dark Knight and um, and then of course Superman. And then I remember walking past the, the comic shop here in, in Vancouver, and they had like the whole front dedicated to this when superman died
1: yeah i remember that and
5: yeah. i yeah. i had been out of comics cuz i was a teenager so you know you you have your things where you start growing up and i was out of comics for like a couple of years and and I was, I turned and looked, and I was like, they killed Superman, and I, and that was the moment I came back to comics. I was angry that they did it, and uh, a little sad, but uh, it brought me back, anyways. Well, well you, you knew it wasn't going to last very long. I mean, it, 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 yeah, they all have their moment of, you know, well, not all of them, but some that, uh, you know, they'll have to die at some point
1: uh so uh, I, I just sort of wanted to take a sidestep here uh, first of all this mm-hmm. is uh, airing tomorrow at what time on AMC I believe it's 10 p.m. 10 p.m. okay I know what's going on in the PVR as soon as I get off that of uh, <laughs> air yes all right um, now I, I wanted to take a sidestep to talk about your producing work in the last couple of minutes that I have with you but uh, sure another film that, that got you some attention over the course of the last year or so was was residue right
0: mm-hmm.
5: Yes, um, Residue is a little neo-noir horror action with a dash of comedy. Um, it's I worked with uh, my writer and, and co-producer uh, Rusty Nixon and James Clayton, and uh, we form a company called Motorcycle Boy. And uh, Residue was something that had been sitting on um, my director writer Rusty's bookshelf for for quite a few years, and it's. Um, gosh we've had so many monikers of what people compare it to um but it's like an evil dead uh meets reservoir dogs kind of um that's that's been compared and uh it's a really really fun film we have matt Frewer in it um the old max hedgerman who plays a, oh, really? a crime lord, crime lord boss
1: awesome we
5: have uh, uh william b davis the smoking man as a as another crime lord boss Oh God. um Casus mandalore from saw alicia Rotaru from from arrow um just a, a great great ensemble cast that uh that put together this crazy little film
1: i have got to see this uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I've got it, to it's, see it's, this. You got to let uh, me figure out a way to get the blame please. I'll write you a review. I'll be your best friend. I'll do whatever the hell you want me to, but I got to see this thing. Right. I
5: think I th- I think we can arrange it. It's uh I think you'll enjoy yourself. I mean the the horror fans have been great uh across the world. They've you know, you, you see their reactions to watching it. And they're like, "Where did this film come from?" You know, I'm, it's not going to win any Oscars, but it's it's a uh, it's a really fun film that we put a ton of heart into and a ton of hard work.
1: Well, I mean, that's what horror films are for, for God's sake. You know you're not getting Hamlet when you go in there, right? And, and uh, you know, they're meant to be visceral and, and fun and, uh, you know, scare the hell out of you on a bad day and, and make you laugh a little bit on a good one. I mean, you know, that, that's – and I, I have every respect for horror people, too. I, I say this many times. Uh, they were the first group to give my show a shot. I, I got a lot of support from the horror community, and I actually for a long time did a whole month of it uh, oh, cool. when, when I, in October. Uh, you know, we, we call it Massacre Month, and uh, I'm going to bring that back next year because that was really popular. But
3: Well,
5: uh, well awesome. Hopefully we have something in, in the books for you then, but I'll definitely get you a copy of uh, Residue to oh, check out. I... But it's on uh, Netflix in the United States right now. And uh, iTunes and Amazon in Canada, I, I, and it's uh, it's just being sold right now to the rest of the world. So
1: I got I got to see that sounds like a lot of fun. So uh, uh, now, in terms of producing, is this something that you'd like to do? See yourself doing more of? I I, I know that you kind of got a, a bit of a bug for it here, right?
5: Yeah, I I do. I mean, I've inadvertently kind of produced all of my own stuff from when I first started acting. Uh, I started in the horror realm doing. You know 48 hour horror competitions where you have to make a movie in two days and i won a couple of them and i i, I just loved it i love putting together a team um i guess i'm more of a creative producer i definitely uh i'm not as good as the on the books as my co-producer james clayton but uh i love doing it and i, I definitely have some uh some projects in the future that i'm looking at trying to make
1: so last question for you here. Uh, first of all, this has been a lot of fun. I'd be proud to have you back anytime yeah, you have anything else you want to promote. So uh, you know, consider it an open invitation, all right?
5: Uh, Absolutely. Thank you, Casey. It's been a pleasure.
1: So where can people go to learn more about what you, you're doing, uh, to get in touch with you? I know you have a website there that, uh, that Jasper was kind of at the center. Let's get in a plug for all of your uh, your social media feeds and whatnot.
5: Yeah, so it's uh, blaineactor.com. And uh, at Blaine Actor is all my uh, social media handles. So at Blaine Actor.
1: Okay, great. So uh, for those of you looking to follow him on Twitter, it's at Blaine Actor. Again, with a, a big thank you to uh, Jasper Anson for having set this up, and to my guests in the first half of the show. Uh, Simon Horrocks and Jeff Dahlgren and uh, Blaine Anderson. Uh, most recently, uh, I'm gonna be back next week. It's gonna be American Thanksgiving, but I'm doing a show anyway. My old friend Leah Savoli's gonna be here. Uh, she's got a cool project, a web series that she's promoting. So look for that coming soon. But until then, I'm gonna say what I usually say at this point and cut, print, wrap, and I am done. <laughs>
2: That was another edition of The Cutting Room Floor with your host, Casey Ryan. Follow Casey on Twitter at Cutting Room MRB and on Facebook, The Cutting Room Floor.